with me to Mark 12, 29 through 31. We all know this scripture. We're going to talk tonight about honor. Everybody say honor. You know, in relationships, um, Sunday we, we finished up with preferring. We have to prefer one another or prefer others more than ourselves sometimes in order to keep relationships uh, going the way God would have them go. Uh, sometimes we have to prefer to do what God wants us to do instead of what we'd like to do. Uh, prefer to say what God would have us say above what we'd like to say in situations. But, you know, when we prefer the other person, the Bible says that, uh, you know, we'll be peaceful people. We will be people who make peace. We will be people who glorify God in our lives, but also we will bring that glory right into the situation. And, and people can be totally delivered and set free by the relationship we express through our love for God. So 1231, uh, and you all know this, um, then one of the scribes in verse 28 came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And, of course, this is the new covenant. Jesus summed them all up, uh, the top ten. He summed it this way. Jesus answered, the first of all, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So he summarized all 10 into two, and he really covered all 10 by doing that. But the first one is honor God. Everybody say honor God. He's first in all things. And um, in Revelations 4, uh, we sing this song in this church, or we did for years, and it was blessing and honor, glory and power. And it was just a, a wonderful song of worshiping the Lord. Well, then in Revelations, this is what it says in chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. If you could put that one up for me, Christine. You know, God uh, in heaven will be worshiped 24-7 if there is a clock. I don't, I don't know. I haven't been there yet. But whatever it is, he's worshiped continually. And this is what it says, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever... The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Uh, many of you know my sister, Chris, and uh, she found this scripture one day and she said, oh, guess what? We are going to have to take those beautiful crowns God gave us, and we're going to have to cast them. <laughs> we're going to have to get rid of them, but we're going to give them to Jesus, so it'll be all right. Well, you know, everything that we are and do and accomplish in this earth is for his glory, to give glory and honor and praise to him. And so uh, when we make a decision, everybody say it's a decision, in our relationship with God, which is what Jesus provided for us through Calvary, was that open door to have a relationship with the Father. When we go in there, we honor him. Everybody say, we honor him. In the presence of God, there is honor. Uh, there's glory and honor. But in Proverbs 3, 9, I love this scripture because I think it has a good thing uh, to, to express to us about giving. And uh, thank you, David, for what you shared. But in 3, 9, it says the same thing. Honor the Lord. Everybody say, honor the Lord. 
with your possessions. With your possessions. That means you keep your car cleaned. I'll just move on. Um, And with the first fruits of all your increase. All your increase. First fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. How many of you, it may not be your barn, but let's just say for us, checkbook or your savings account will be filled with plenty and your vats, I'm not sure what that would be equated to, will overflow with new wine. God wants you to flourish. I mean, God wants his people to be uh, seen by the world as the people that God takes really good care of. So that we can say, my God takes really good care of me. You know, he's my father. He is a good, good father. And he has made a way for me where there was no way. And that's why I honor him above all things. And, you know, to honor God isn't just to worship. Honor, honoring God's loving God. And honoring God is giving to God because he is our provision. We have no other provision. Really, um, I was watching today some of the news about all the things that what, that are happening with um, the presidential nominees or the people that are running for that position to be the presidential nominee. And uh, listen, we're going to have to have our hope in God. We're going to have to have our whole complete heart in the kingdom of God and not divided between this world and the kingdom of God. And that means we're going to have to honor him above all things. And when we honor him above all things, it says right here, we will be totally taken care of. We will have total fulfillment for provision, for love, for anything that we have need of. Now, I um, had seen this scripture and I spoke to Brad earlier today or by text and and I thought of this scripture uh, in the message I'm using. So I said to him, could we sing, 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 sing? And I want you to look at uh, Psalm 8. You know, we give glory to God, but do you know it says, and, and, and honor, but it says that God honors us. Turn to your neighbor and say, now that's something. You know, God honors you. And this is what it says in Psalm 6. Um, let's go back to 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. That's Jesus. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Everything that God did for Jesus, he has done for you. As a man. Everybody say, as a man. This is not as a heavenly being. This is as a man. And so he's given us honor. He, he has put us in a position where he has said, I'm going to give you total dominion. Now, he said that. Uh, God said that in Genesis 1, that he created us to have dominion over all things. But Jesus put, in us, it put us in a position that we can live like that every day. You know, what Adam and Eve lost, Jesus retained back for us. And now we have it. Everybody say, I have it. Say, I have dominion. But with that comes responsibility. How, how many of you like to be in charge as long as it's going good? That's when you know if you're a responsible person. When it goes the other direction, do you still want to be in charge? Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's when it's somebody else who was in charge. Sometimes my husband will say, well, if it goes well, it was my idea. If it doesn't, doesn't he in staff meeting, Heather? He'll say, but if it doesn't, it was her. 
It was her idea. You know, it, we like to think that we're only responsible when things are going to flourish the way we want them to or be the way we want them to. But we are the children of God. So we are in control. We are have dominion, and we have responsibility to be all that God's called us to be. In other words, we have a responsibility to live up to the honor that God has put upon us to be his children in the earth for such a time as this, that every day we get to be like Jesus to the world. And so he has honored us. Now, that honor that we give to God and he's given us, that honor we have to give to other people in order for relationships to flourish. And honor isn't just uh, saying they do everything right, so I'm going to honor them. Uh, I don't know, um, I can talk about this because marriage is one of those places where in my marriage to my husband, we neither one do everything right all the time. (laughs) Now, did you hear that? Well, I'm just telling you, (laughs) I'm being honest up here. We do not always do everything right, but because we honor God, then we know he honors us. So we have a responsibility to maintain our dominion and stay in that role. Then we have to choose to honor one another. It doesn't mean that we won't disagree, but it does mean that we won't be disagreeable. Do you know what that is? That's someone who always says, yeah, but they did this. Yeah, but they did. You know, you try to fix something, go, yeah, but this is what they said. Yeah, but this is what they did. You know, that's, that's disagreeable. And what that brings is strife, and it's dishonoring. Everybody say dishonoring. It's not just dishonoring dishonoring my husband, but I'm dishonoring the honor that God gave me and the honor that I'm supposed to be giving him. Are you getting this? And so when you think of it in that context, uh, years ago in my life, 1 Peter 3, um, I want to read this, um, 1 Peter 3, 7. You know, this was before I met Pastor Bill, before I had to put it into practice. Isn't it easier to have God teach you before you have to do it? Isn't that the easiest? You know, it just sounds wonderful till he says, now try it. You know, then it's like, oh, that, that wasn't as easy as I thought. But I know you are, honey. I'll get reminded of this about 10 o'clock tonight. Okay, here we go. Uh, This is what it says. It's wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they may without a word, with they without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, that's reverence. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, and putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. It's really quiet in here. How many of you know, ladies, it's hard to have a gentle and quiet spirit at all times? (laughs) Could somebody remove this? Ushers. (laughs) We We have a crazy person on the front row here. Okay. Good thing you don't have a microphone. You Good thing you didn't help me tonight. Hallelujah. He said, I don't, I don't want to help you. You do it by yourself. <laughs> Remember that over there. Okay. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this matter, in former times, the holy women, everybody say holy women. Now, these are women who honor God. 
And these are women that God has bestowed his honor upon because they're holy women. It, that means they're, they're committed to God. It doesn't mean they do everything right, but they, they are holy women who trusted in God, also adorned themselves being submissive to their own husbands. Now, I am not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about people beating people. That is not the submission here. This is a submission to the way God set things in motion in the earth. And it really is ultimately honoring God, receiving the honor God has given you, and giving that honor to the office that God has put other people in, whatever that is. And then it says, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter you are, if you do not, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. In the King James, it says hysterically fearful. Now, when I read that, at that time of my life, when I read that, I was hysterically fearful. So I just right away knew this was a scripture for me. And I also knew that Abraham twice gave away his wife. And I thought, and she called him, Lord, I would have some other names <laughs> to be speaking to that. But she did exactly what he said. But do you know what God did? God intervened on her behalf. See, when we honor those that God tells us to honor, then we're really honoring God and he is committed to help us in that situation. Now, again, I'm not talking about people who abuse people. I'm talking about respect and honor tonight. And uh, I know Shane taught a, a focus group for us once. Uh, who was the man that John Bevere teaches and has a book on honor, which is excellent. But if we're going to have healthy, strong relationships, then we've got to understand honor. And so this is us giving honor you know, in the marriage relationship, it goes on to say, husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding. See, I know some men I've, I've counseled with my husband who say, I, I don't understand her. Well, the Bible says you're supposed to dwell with your wife with understanding. Well, where do you get your understanding? From the Lord. And then it says, giving honor to the wife. Everybody say honor honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Now that doesn't mean that we're dumb or stupid or we can't do things. That means that God did not create us to be a man. He created us to be a woman and we have certain responsibilities and who we are and how we're created. I just heard this on the news. I don't know what I was watching, probably Fox news, but cause that's what's usually on in my house. But, um, women in the military, are now going to go into combat. But it said 75% of the women in the military do not believe that they should be in combat. But the 25% who bless God, I'm just as strong as any man, or I can do what any man can do, because of people in places of authority have gotten that to be something that 75% of those women do not even believe that they should be in, I'm talking about combat, combat, you know, not being a part of the military. Certainly they can be a part of the military and there's things that, that they can do probably better than a man can do because we all have gifts. Everybody say gifts, but we talked about on Sunday, all those gifts come from God and God sets the members in the body as he desires, not how we think it ought to be. So we need to respect the word of God and say, okay, the man is to honor the wife. The wife is to respect 
Everybody say respect. Respect means the same thing as honor. It's one of the definitions of honor. This is honor. To make splendid, to glorify, to treat someone with respect and admiration. The word is interchangeable. We, we respect God when we obey God. We give reverence to God for who he is. So, um, you know, Ephesians uh, 6, there's another place where it says give honor. Everybody say give honor. If you'll put that one up. Husband, oh, no, that's not, I'm sorry, that's still that one. But in uh, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, um, this goes into uh, the family, into the children. And uh, I believe this is something that happens in a lot of homes. I know I used to do it. Uh, because I could yell really loud. Uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. That is the first commandment after God says to love God with all your, you know, you honor God, you honor your father and mother. And it says you'll even have long life. Everybody say long life. It, it's, it's which is the first commandment with a promise. Then let's look at the, that. It may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. How many of you want to live long? How many of you have parents? Well, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but maybe in their actions, they didn't always deserve the honor, but that isn't your call. It's God's call. And honor doesn't mean you submit to what they do. It means you honor who God called them to be. And we're going to talk about how you do that in a minute, okay? And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Now, that says fathers, but I tell you, I know I provoked my children when I was uh, a parent. Because I, I was a screamer, you know, and screamers promote screamers. Uh, you know, you scream at somebody and they're, they learn to scream, and so then they scream back at you. And uh, I've said this in this church before, Pastor Bill, when I married Pastor Bill, um, you know, I, I pray, God, you better send me somebody because these boys are getting taller than me. They're getting bigger than me. <laughs> I might need some help, some reinforcements. And so when Pastor Bill came, I was really glad. I told them all, we're all marrying him. Everybody in the house is getting married to Pastor Bill. That's the way it's going to be. Well, you know, he was much more lenient than me. And, uh, you know, I, I, we had some uh, opportunities. That's why we're not sharing on blended families. Todd and Don are. Uh, <clears throat> no, we made it through, but we didn't always have a good time in that part because we disciplined differently. We were different. And, uh, and so, Pastor Bill, uh, I had to, you know, kind of yield. I, I finally had to yield to the way he did it because... There wasn't going to be any honor anywhere unless we got in agreement. Everybody say agreement. So I had to honor the position. You know, I was so excited to marry him because he's wonderful. But, you know, I'd been raising those kids by myself a long time. I had a way. And, you know, I knew my way. And I remember our first incident. Uh, my oldest son, John, he was over at the park here at Columbian Park. And, um. The rule was, if you're not going to be where you say you're going to be to be picked up, you, you find a way to get me the word that you're not going to be there and why. Well, he went to pick him up and he wasn't there. Now, we'd only been married like three weeks. And he wasn't there. And he came home and he said he wasn't there. I said, he is grounded forever. <laughs> well, I hadn't gone that far, but it was going to be for a while, I'll tell you. 
I said, he knows the rule. He said, well, I'll go back. So he went back. I said, he's grounded. So he leaves. He comes back. They come in like they're the best friends in the world. Nothing's happened and everything's fine. And I'm looking at him like, he's grounded. But he didn't say anything. And I, I knew not to say anything because God had trained me. to. Well, I didn't always keep my mouth shut, but I tried. And I didn't, but I wasn't going to divide the house. Worst disaster ever. Because honor goes right out the window for everybody. And so I didn't say anything until we went to bed that night. I go, he's supposed to be grounded. He said, well, you know, we talked about it. I think everything's under control. We understand each other. I think I understand anything. So what about me? <laughs> I'm the mother. But, you know, God really taught me you, you can't do this because then there'll be strife. Everybody say strife. And where there's strife, there's every evil work. And children do not flourish in evil work. Children flourish in unity. Even though they don't like it, they will flourish in that because that says they're safe. Everybody say safe. You know, one thing about God, he doesn't ever change his mind. No matter how upset I get about something, he is not going to do it another way. He's going to do it the way. But you know what that gives me? That gives me stability. That says I can count on him. He's never going to change. He's not going to not show up. He's not, not going to be there if I need him. And that's the way it is with my husband. And that's the way my children begin to feel. Now, did they always like everything that was decided? No. I didn't like everything my parents did. My mother and I still have our days. She's 92. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I can't. I have to honor my mom. Some days it's a little hard. But I'm not, I'm not obeying my mom. I'm obeying the Lord. Are you getting this? So relationship is about honoring God first, then receiving the honor that he's put on your life. You don't want to be an example to others that doesn't show that you belong to God. And I don't want to be. I mean, sometimes we miss it, but we want people to see that we belong to Jesus. And so, therefore, we honor things that we're not saying everybody's doing it right, but we honor the position that they're in. And um, I think, you know, in, in the day we're living in, sometimes that's very difficult to do. Um, love and respect are tied into honor. They all are tied together. Now, humility is before honor. And I want to give you a few scriptures. And uh, Proverbs fifteen thirty three, and Proverbs eighteen twelve, And I'm going to have her put them up on the screen. Um, I, I just turned on uh, the other morning, Joel Osteen. I was right at the very end. He was talking about honor. And he was saying, do you know? It's as easy to say good things about people as it is to say bad things. Could I say that again? It's just as easy to say good things as it is to say bad things. Good things honor. Bad things tear down. They bring destruction. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Now, humility is not thinking you're worthless. Humility is saying that everything that I do, I do recognizing that it's not about me, it's about him. And when we humble ourselves, he exalts. Now, that principle is in, in Philippians 2 with Jesus. 
in, in Philippians 2, 3, it says we're to esteem others better than ourselves. It says, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And then it talks about esteeming others uh, better than ourselves. That doesn't mean that they're, um, they're a better person or they're better at something than we are. We're just esteeming. Everybody say esteem. Now, you know, that is the same word um, as honor. It, it has the same definition. It talks about respect. And so it, it's, those words can all be interchanged. It's respect to think highly or favorably of. Um, we finished last Sunday with Romans twelve ten. if you'd put that up. And this is what it says. Be kind and affectionate, I think it says, kindly affectionate or kind and affectionate to one another. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor. Everybody say in honor. Giving preference to one another. Um, I have seen in my years in ministry, um, even in the church, even among the body of Christ, the brother, the brethren, you know, as they used to say, or the the brothers and sisters of Christ, uh, where strife gets started because it it's rooted in insecurity. Everybody say insecurity, and and that's what I want to pray for tonight is insecurity. When people are insecure, they are threatened by other people and what position another person has, and it may not be the position God has for them. But because they see that as a higher position or someone who gets more recognition, then they want that position. But what they really want is to feel secure. Does that make sense? And so their insecurity begins to cause them to be in a position where they cause strife because they're, but they're trying to satisfy something that will never be satisfied by what they're after. The satisfaction we have of fulfillment, my Bible says that we are fulfilled in him. Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's the fulfillment of everything that I need. And so we get in these positions now to be threatened is to cause to feel insecure and anxious or threatened to have an uncertain uh, chance of continued survival. In other words, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to be, I, I, maybe they won't choose me. Uh, you know, maybe I won't be the one that gets to be this. You know, I remember, how many of you remember Carmen? You know, uh, he was a singer, a Christian singer. He did wonderful uh, concerts. Many, many young people came to the Lord through Carmen's ministry. Well, we lived in Tulsa when Carmen was popular. And I cannot tell you the number of women who heard God say they were to marry Carmen. <laughs> Seriously. And it became a real squabble among some wonderful, godly Christian women. And he didn't end up with any of them. But, but they thought they heard God. You know, uh, the devil's always working to divide the body of Christ. Why? Because we're powerful in unity. We're powerful in harmony. But we're a mess if we get into strife. Because then the enemy takes over and there's nothing he likes better than to divide the house of God. Because it, it ruins or damages, let's say, the reputation of what it means to be a Christian. Have you heard the word hypocrite? You know, and, and so he's always looking for that opportunity. That's why if we choose to be like Jesus, 
who it says humbled himself even to the point of death. But when he did that, God exalted him above every other name, every other thing. He's exalted above all things. In him, all things really exist. They were created. So, uh, but he had to humble himself. He had to take that position of going to the cross, of honoring his father. That's what he said. I came to honor my father. I came to honor, John, John chapter 8. I came to honor my father to do what my father gave me to do. And so when we choose to honor other people, then we're putting ourselves in that position where we will be exalted. Now, if you look at 1 Peter, um, this is, I, I believe, we'll finish with this scripture. And then I want to I share uh, a couple stories with you um, or things that I believe God has shown me. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. This is what it says. Humble yourself. Uh, and that's a choice. Everybody say, that's a choice. That's not something God does to you. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due season. What is God's desire for the body of Christ? To exalt the body of Christ. That's his desire is to exalt the body of Christ. And a lot of people want to do great things for God, but they haven't got this relationship thing settled. And until they have it settled, then God doesn't exalt them. Even those that God's exalted have made mistakes. How many of you have seen some, some of the disasters that have happened? So the, the more exaltation God gives a person, the more the enemy is going to come to destroy the reputation of that person. Because in doing that, he is causing people to question God. That's his ultimate goal. It's always been Satan's goal. Did God really say that? Is God really going to do this? Will God really help you? That's, that's his ultimate goal. Then it goes on and says, therefore, humble yourselves. In due time, you'll be exalted, casting all your care. Everybody say, all your care. Upon him, for he cares for you. That means when somebody else gets promoted and you think it should be you, you say, that's okay, I don't care. Not I don't care like you really do, and you like to kill everybody who was in on the decision, including the person who got the position. I don't care, meaning I cast all my care on the Lord. And, and you know, I preached a message one time someplace, and I just bought a whole bunch of carefree gum, and I gave everybody a stick. I said, don't chew this. <laughs> Put it somewhere where you see it, and when things come against you, you need to get that piece of gum and say, my life is carefree. Do you know when you live a carefree life, it doesn't matter what other people are getting to do that you didn't get to do because you know God cares for you and he's the only one who can really put you in that place anyway and have you stay there. Other people might get you somewhere, but you won't stay there because God promotes people who honor him, who walk in the honor he put on them and will honor others even to their own what they think detriment. Or I'm, I'm being slighted or I'm not being chosen or, you know, I, I should have had that job. And, uh, you know, I believe this is an answer to a lot of things in the body of Christ. Proverbs twelve twenty five says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. There's a lot of depressed people in the body of Christ, just like there are in the world. Everybody says, should not be. We are not depressed. Why? Because God takes care of us. And we honor him 
by honoring those that are around us. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. God cares for us. He'll put us where we need to be, when we need to be there. I've learned over the years, you don't want to be where you're not supposed to be. One time, Pastor Billy Joe sent Pastor Bill and I to a dinner or a breakfast or something. And we were on the very top of the highest building in Tulsa, downtown. And it was ecumenical. That means every kind of people in the church were there. And it was really the Catholic priests who were holding it. And they were all at the front table. And we had a stack of plates. I kid you not about this high. Plates, silverware, all kinds of stuff. And I realized I am not supposed to be here. Because we got there just a little bit late and they already had started. And I didn't know which fork. I didn't know which spoon. I didn't know which plate. That, you know, I mean, they were taking away plates and then something put on this plate. They take away that plate. Then you take this fork and they take this. It's like, I don't know what to do. I thought, I don't belong here. This is not, somebody made a mistake. I should not be in this meeting. You know, sometimes we get in over our head. Everybody say in over our head. Because we're trying to be somewhere where we're not supposed to be yet. And that's not a good place to be. Uh, God, God has a place for you. Um, when I was uh, divorced and by myself with my kids, um, you know, in divorce there can be situations where you feel like, I'd sure like to tell them what the other person's really like. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. But, you know, uh, two things God did when I was, now this was just for me. He said, don't ever say a negative word about their dad. Ever. When they're old enough to know, they'll figure it out. So just don't say anything. And cover for him. Well, you know, it's one thing not to say a negative word. It's another thing to pretend like they're really wonderful. And make excuses when there shouldn't be excuses. But if you honor God and you honor, you receive the honor he's given you, then you honor that other person regardless of what they're doing. Because to not do that opens a door. Everybody say opens a door. And it'll bring the enemy full force. And the person who will look the fool will be you and not the other person. The other thing he told me was, and I didn't have a lot of money, and I, I could have used more money. I mean, my budget was really small, $35 to go to the grocery. Now, this was several years ago, but still $35 did not go very far. And I would go and buy the groceries, and I would think, I should go back to court. And the Lord said to me, no, I'm your source. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also, was the scripture he gave me. He said, do not go back. Just focus on me. I'll take care of it. Do you know all my kids' needs were met? They all went through school, Christian school. When I married Pastor Bill, we didn't like, he, he was not like getting the lottery. <laughs> Financially. Were you, honey? We had our share. It, you were the prize. That's true. <laughs> Nobody like you. But it wasn't like cha-ching and all the money fell out of the machine. We all thought he was because he had a card. And he took us to the movies. And, I mean, it was just wonderful. But then we found out that that business he had went under. And then when that happened, then the IRS came. And so we, we met a lot of opportunities. But God got us through them all. He delivered us. I didn't get mad at Pastor Bill. Only one time did I start to get mad, and that's when the IRS lady said, and we're garnishing your wages too. I said, I didn't even know him. <laughs> I said that. She said, that doesn't matter. 
Well, you don't argue with those people. They have badges and they come and they get you. And so, you know, that was the only time I, I looked at him like, well, hallelujah. <laughs> but we did get through. I know you told me to wait. You did tell me. You don't want to marry me yet. I'm, I've got some opportunities. <laughs> I just didn't know what they were. But God said it was okay and we got married and we made it. But we made it because we honored God above the circumstance. And we didn't get angry. We had children opportunities, but we didn't let those stop us. And the other thing is, I saw this happen in more than one person's life, but um, you'll never, you'll never go up by putting someone else down. Could I just say that again? You will never go up trying to put somebody else down. And that's what people do to make sure they don't feel insecure they they point out someone else's shortcoming which makes them look like they don't they're a little just a little bit okay better and what happens in that is you go down further every time and and there are times i saw a situation where this one person uh, could never adjust to the fact that even though this person had been promoted into a position where he had authority and he, it was an honoring position. But there were other people who had done it before that were still honored just as much as he was. And, and because he thought they should not be honored that much because I'm the big cheese. You know, the big cheese? It's, now it's all about me. And, and because they couldn't get over that, they ended up not doing it at all. When you try to put other people down to lift yourself up, then insecurity has taken over. I'm just telling you. That's insecurity at its height because that says you don't feel good about yourself enough to believe that God has made a way for you. And it doesn't matter what anybody else does. You're still, you'll be promoted when everybody else is saying, surely not them, but because you honor God and you accept the honor he's put on your life and you give honor where honor is due, which is to all of God's creation. We're to honor all people. But in that giving, you receive back. Could we stand tonight? I want to pray for you. Because I believe there are people, I know in my life I was very insecure. And uh, because of that, it, it caused me to not have my life fixed because I was always looking at what other people did instead of what I did. And, you know, we can feel like a victim when really uh, that doesn't change the fact that we need to be fixed. We need to be corrected. We need to be changed by God. Just because we think we're a victim doesn't mean that's, that's an okay place to be. How many of you know there's a lot of victim mentality out there today? And what it does is say, you know, everybody else is going to have to make this all right for me. I mean, I, 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 and I love this one. I might have done a couple of things wrong, but I didn't do what they did. See, that will never, ever bring fulfillment, won't bring life. It will not create a relationship where God can be glorified. Amen. Let's, let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you for every person here.